Welcome to Positive Feedback Loop. Yeah, getting here has been an adventure. This, uh, we we were originally in another room recording. With a nice window. Yeah, nice beautiful window. We could have Natural told light. you about all the beautiful sights uh, in the Charles River campus. But instead, instead of talking to you about the beautiful Sitco sign, there was this buzzing sound that just kept showing up in the recordings. So we had to. Showing up in the recordings, you mean coming from the radiator? Yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So because out of fear of you, our dear listener being annoyed to death by this recordings, we have very kindly kicked out the, a really nice Peruvian family from their home so we could record in their place instead. Um, so, apologies to the Losares family. They, they are, uh, they, we found them a really nice bridge to move into. <laughs> so, Steph, hello there. Hi. And hello there, the listener, uh, to another uh, recording of... Positive feedback loop. No. So what's in the we docket this week? We could just loop oh, something yeah. that we're doing and call it our positive feedback loop. We could loop. loop it and every single time it loops, it gets weirder and weirder until it explodes. You know, explodes. this is not far from like children's television where they repeat something over and over and over so the child will learn it, but it does get weirder and weirder. Hmm. I mean, that's, tele- that's children's television right there. That just sounds like every show I watch. I think I have a problem. I think we would be really good at actually making a te- children's television show. <laughs> are you are you able to wear costumes? <laughs> big ones, big furry ones, preferably. Maybe this is a costume. Just oh, everything dear. I wear right now. You're gonna peel off a mask and yeah. have Tom Cruise underneath. <laughs> dear listener, for those of you not aware, I'm currently wearing a pirate outfit. Um, Pre-Halloween. Yeah, pre-Halloween. It's currently uh, November it's some November XX in the year 20XX. And I am wearing a cybernetic pirate ninja outfit. Um, it looks very stylish. I look like a young... Um, I can't come up with that as attractive. You just look young. Brad Pitt. <laughs> He's looking like a young Brad Pitt. Yeah. You look like a young someone, but you're yeah, young. Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, point. Yeah, that's it. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so today we're, we're, we're going to be just talking about literally nothing, because oh, that it's been... philosophical. Yeah. What, what is literally nothing? I mean, because people say that there's matter that we don't even notice as matter. We call it, you know, dark space or... Oh, oh, oh. You know, like the space between... So, yes. The... Atoms. Uh, again, I'm, my physics is a little rough, but... Um, the main thing that I think they're referring to is the fact that most objects are composed of empty space. Yeah, and is because that nothing, or is that just finer matter than we can perceive? Uh, there, there is, there is something which has been talked about, talked about in terms of physics, which I think it's called either it's not dark matter; it's a little different, um, or maybe it is dark matter. Where in space, it's what space is composed of, which is it yeah. is a thing. But, but I, it's not nothing. It's not nothing, yeah. It is not <laughs> nothing. It is not the void. It is not the empty, yeah. the true emptiness. Um, and it is basically what uh, Einstein had. And again, I am by no means a physicist. This is coming from misrememberings and scattered readings. If I'm not mistaken, I do believe that Einstein had written that you know, the, his theories on expansion of space, and he added this like extra element that was basically counteracting the expansion. But he always said, you know, that this is 
nonsense. There's no way that this exists. And he was called one of his greatest shames. And then later on, it's been found to actually be true that this cosmological constant that he could not pin actually does exist. So it's one of the, the happenstances of the cosmos. But again, I could be completely wrong. So well, uh, send all of your hate mail to uh, the Bush Ranch um, in Texas. Yes, just send it all there. Um, it'll give him a, a nice chuckle. Why are you sending all the hate to Texas? Do you not like Texas? Oh, it's not about, I'm not saying the hate to Texas. It's not Texas hate. It's, <laughs> it's Luis hate to Texas. All right. I'm informing Texas of who they should be worried about, really. Okay, fair That's why it's legal for me to step, step up there. So my question is, there's also this law of entropy, that everything kind of falls into chaos. Is yes. chaos, what's the relationship with, between chaos and expansion? So, I feel like it relates to my apartment, where like the messier it gets, <laughs> the like like it, I could get a bigger and bigger apartment, and it would just the mess would keep going. Maybe that's a that's a good, good <laughs> yeah. I, I will things. I think it was every system t- trends towards uh, disorder. Disorder, yes. yeah. yeah, entropy, and because that is this the lower energy state of things. Um, order is an energy is is a more higher energy state. Everything that's ordered is requires more energy to remain that way. Well, it's like it takes energy to smile, but it takes no energy to just have the resting face. Just I call it the resting face that? of death. death. Can, can we bleep that? <laughs> <laughs> I should actually put a bleep in. Instead of just cutting it, I should bleep it. We should bleep it, but it should just be a bleep of just me saying another word that's completely random. So it just be a, in, in a like, higher pitch. So it'd be like a resting duck face. <laughs> <laughs> resting Muppet face. <laughs> that would be yeah, awesome. That would be pretty great. Yeah. So we should get Fernando on that. Yeah, Fernando. Yeah, Fernando, or editor, Fernando. Fernando. Um, the sound guy. He is our, he's our editor, he's our sound guy, he does everything. Yeah. yeah. Or is he a girl? I don't know, we've never met him. We, mm-hmm. we found him, and I, I think we've mentioned this once before, um, we met him at a dark alley um, <laughs> when we got a, a bloody letter uh, in the mail uh, directed at PFL headquarters. Uh, With all magazine clipping letters. Yeah, yeah, old letters like for a magazine clipping. Yeah, exactly. But there was no ransom, it was, I want a job. Yeah, it was just, give me a job or else. And we were, we were terrified like, by okay. the URLs. Yeah, we, terrorism works on us. So we went and negotiated with him. And he was like, hello. And we were like, is that your real voice? And he was like, no, it's a voice changer. And then he told us about the, his, he gave us a resume. And we were like, oh, that's really good. Yeah. We hired him. With some skills. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. It was really yeah. great. And we thought, eh, yeah, we could take a risk yeah. on this guy. Yeah. Yeah. And he's only in, you know what, in, in our experience, to actually do really good job editing, he has only murdered at least around three pigeons. That's all it's taken to get the quality that you're seeing today. So, you know what? Worth the, uh, worth the Are expense. Are they New York pigeons or Boston pigeons? He didn't say. Okay. Some he only gives us the expenses. He only gives us the expenses. And, you know, it just has literally a picture of a pigeon with, like, crossed out eyes. Hmm. So that's Yeah, that's he doesn't like pigeons. Yeah, he does not like pigeons. <laughs> I'm beginning to, to suspect he's part dog. I don't, oh, I, don't know. I had never put that together. Or maybe part cat. I don't know. Depends on how the pigeons are killed, I guess. Maybe it isn't a costume. Are they delivered to the door afterward? That's true. You I don't. Th- we haven't seen the pigeons. So they I think haven't been delivered to us, yeah. so probably... But it could just be that he doesn't like us enough to yeah, deliver yeah, it to yeah. us. I or mean, he has don't... another owner. Yeah. He's delivering is the he working? To... Is he working for another company? <laughs> for our competitors? <laughs> Negative feedback line. <laughs> oh my gosh. Negative feed forward line. Uh, 
So squirrels. Okay, pigeons. Got it. There's a difference. Yeah. Squirrels in Boston are aggressive. I have heard that squirrels, world, like countrywide, have become more aggressive. What? Yeah, You're there have been incidents. There have been increasing Do incidents. Do we need to debunk like, this? <laughs> you could take it to the debunking corner if you want. But I have heard that uh, there have been increasing incidents of uh, squirrel attacks because they're, they're they've gotten so used to humans not doing anything. doing anything to them that like humans are essentially like not a threat. So they take a lot more liberties when humans get anywhere close. Yeah. So squirrels are more aggressive. Oh, yeah. I think squirrels are very aggressive. They'll go and grab something. They're like what monkeys are in like um, South Africa. Yeah. My visit to South Africa was with some aggressive monkeys, let me tell you. They'd rip the food right out of your I hand. want to hear everything. Do you? Tell me everything about it. aggressive monkeys. I got a three-pack of mangoes at in South Africa in a little store where they sold mangoes and my mangoes were missing and a monkey had come into through the window opened up the cupboard where i'd put the mangoes and stole the mangoes i hope he made himself a good a good drink afterwards with those mangoes mangoes are Hmm. delicious yeah, they are. I do miss them. I, uh, Some people are severely, severely allergic to mangoes. Yeah. Well, I'm severely allergic to, to, to soy, so you can be allergic to anything, <laughs> as we've learned. Um, that's true. But Aren't mangoes related to cashews? I have no idea. I've never had a man- mango that bit into it and thought, hmm, this feels like cashews. But I think they're related. Given the way that genetics works, it could absolutely be related. I have no way of knowing. Well, another fast fact about South Africa, we went down and um, there's this rodent slash guinea pig animal that's the closest related animal to the elephant wait i feel like i know this go ahead yeah it's like i've seen it they're just little hairy guinea pig type yeah i'll have to google it again to remember what the name is and they're yeah they're apparently claimed to be the relative of the elephant huh yeah, it, it's weird how genetically we, we can relate. Really, well, I mean, think about all the all the apes that we're related to, right? Like, if yeah. we look at the there's there's so many tiny apes that are completely unlike us, but you know, we're related to them one way or another. Yeah, but then when you look at your uncle Fred, don't you just go, "Hmm, I can see it." <laughs> hey, don't talk about my uncle that way. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, my uncle Fred, um, he is—he was our connection. You tell this. so many lies on this podcast. Um, they're not lies; they're truth facts. True facts. They're truth lie facts. facts. They're truth facts. Yes. Truth facts. Yes, that's what they are. Tea? No, truth. Truth, as in like T R U T H, facts. Uh, T M. Uh, they're trademarked. So there are facts that are not truths. Yes. They are the ones that I that I totally don't tell. I only tell truth facts. Yeah, and that's why. And this is. Uh, <laughs> How much sleep did you get last night? Significant amounts, actually. Really? Well, significant in terms that like it was a greater than four hour amount, which is wow. It's, it feels it feels How much amazing. Do you like need to get to to, to function feel really as a good. human person? Not just function, but like feel good. Oh, I'd say seven hours is definitely huh. like the sweet spot. Yeah, yeah. seven hours. And I'm feeling pretty great. But then again, I feel pretty great most days. I'm really... You do. You're a very happy person. What? Me? Never. Yeah. I find that... So I used to think I was really good at time management because I would get more done than people around me like on average. And I was like, yes, I'm really good at time (laughs) management. And then 
I came to business school and still did well the first year with like managing time yeah. and getting things done. But this second year is rough. And I think it's that your first year you have, you know, the same amount of class time, but you yeah. have one big project. So you centralize around your mind yeah. on one concept for an entire mod or semester. And then you come to business school the second year and it all hell breaks loose. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's definitely been my experience to a degree. But then, then again, I was—I've been purposely trying to overload myself. Purposely. Which, yeah, which is not a good idea. But I'm not known for having good ideas. Let's do a little uh, tutorial for our listeners. Step one in overloading yourself: What do you need to do first? Um, have a lot of confidence in yourself. <laughs> uh, just be overly confident in your own abilities. Perfect. Okay. Noted. Step two is identify all the requirements that you have to complete and then go to the extreme to do everything on top of that that you can. Because you need to at least mm. be able to fulfill the requirements, obviously. Otherwise, yeah. you're wasting your time. Yeah. So overload yourself to all your classes so you have every class you can take. Mm-hmm. And then if people offer you jobs, take all of them. Good advice for overloading yourself. Yeah. This is this is a um, path to success. If you for sure. really <laughs> if you really are feeling masochistic that day, um, I also recommend just doing favors for people. Unrequited. Or, oh yeah. Or, yeah. People ask you favors, you, just do you it. have to take them. Because if you want to get overloaded, that's step yeah. three. Like four? I don't four? know. I can't count anymore. We should be counting. I was too overloaded to to count. This this could turn into a great blog post <laughs> on BuzzFeed or something. <laughs> no. <laughs> I am I am the natural enemy of all bus feeds. Or oh. oh, step five: live as far away from everything you need to do as possible. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Like whenever you accept something, make sure the commute is like over an hour. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to do that when I was uh, working before coming to Butte and to business school. I used to work one and a half hours away from where go. I lived. Perfect that's... step to overloading yourself. Yeah, yeah. But then again, I just it depends. Only if you have to drive. Because taking the public transportation, especially if you're going in a direction where, like, at a time where you're not, it's not, like, super packed, can actually be really nice. Because it's like having a personal chauffeur take you from place to place. You have plenty of time to sit up, do some work, read, get some, take a nap. It's really nice quality time. You can't do much else but be, like, productive or Unless the tea is on fire. True, but then you have a you have a different t- problem to tackle. <laughs> hey, another form of overloading yourself: survival. survival. If you're still struggling for basic survival, you're overloaded. It takes it, find, surviving is a full time job in those situations. Yeah, if you're not eating all your meals, yeah, you're overloaded. Yeah. Oh, so step six would be: don't pack yourself lunch. Try to find hunt and gather a lunch. Yes. During the day. Yeah, you can't do any of this. Urban hunt, r- ranging and gathering. What insanity. is urban ranging and gathering? I don't know what the actual word is. It's like herbivore. It's like finding berries on the <laughs> on the sidewalk. <laughs> no, there's people who like go dumpster diving. I think it's like herbivore. I forgot what the actual. Not word. for food. No, for food. No. Yeah. Yeah. This okay. is a thing. This is a this is a trend that like emerged. A I trend think, like, for like people who have for hipsters. Oh, okay. Yeah, they they would like 
That's gross. gather food from like dumpsters and like things left around the city. And yeah, they might get berries and things, but no, no, no. I want you to go out into the woods, drive out into the woods, mm-hmm. and just lay out some some basic traps and only feed yourself when what you find. You meat only. F- meat only. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's I mean, you're easy to eat. Greens. Either that or yeah, yeah but then right. you have to get a farm, and I mean that's yeah. a whole job. Yeah. yeah. Do that Animals. while also you can holding. do anywhere. Yeah. There's always go to the animals. zoo. There's plenty oh of animals gosh. there, and they're all in, in cages. Oh, dear. <laughs> they're easily available. You bon appetit. Yeah, there you go. Lunch is served. Although, in the zoo, you might be lunch. <laughs> Poor Harambe. Let's take a moment to remember him. Hmm. Okay, moment's over. Anyways. we have a, It's too hard for us to have silence. It's yeah, really that's, it's mostly... Too, well, let's, let's be honest We had here. a moment of silence let's be honest a while here. ago. It it's too hard for me to have silence. <laughs> it's not. Mm. It's not hard for us. Um, it's hard yeah. for me. Okay, well, let's do a step. Step one for being silent. What do you need to be silent? <laughs> Number one, a difficult question. <laughs> Number one, a question that doesn't make sense. See, but that's that's that was a good way of getting me to be silent. I was spending time thinking about my answer, <laughs> and I couldn't respond. Yeah. That's a that is that is a positive step. Uh, potential spouses, keep that in mind. If I ever marry one of you, you now have a weapon against me. Ask me a question that will take me a while to answer, and I might be quiet. Maybe. It's deep. Just maybe. <laughs> Just maybe. <laughs> or hit him over the head with a frying pan, <laughs> and he's out. <laughs> uh, we here at uh, PFL podcast definitely endorse violence. Ooh, I think your computer doesn't want me to endorse violence. Well, it's been, you've been bleeped out. <laughs> <laughs> My computer is now silenced. Well, um, we'll just have to fix that in editing. Or yeah. we'll ask uh, Jose Gonzalez to uh, fix that for us. He's our editor. editor. No, that's the editor. He's been Not there all along. Federico Jimenez. No, no, that's that's his that's his previous form. His cousin, Federico. Is this Jimenez. like? Um... The Doctor, Doctor Who, where kind he of. takes different forms every Basically, few years. Basically, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of picturing our editor as like like an amorphous creature that changes shape every five minutes. I think the title of this podcast is all about our editor. <laughs> <laughs> well, just every few minutes circle back to him. <laughs> and just see what chicken on him. Think about it. We talked for animals for a good ten minutes all because of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, this, that's, if we had a theme, today will be the editor. Yeah. Okay, editing. Editing. What's the difference between editing and censoring? Well, editing encompasses a degree of censoring, but it's not the, the point of censorship. 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 But I'm sure. not censoring. What's censorship sauce? Yeah. Every time, every time I see that my bottle of Worcestershire sauce, I'm just like, dear dear listener, for all of you who are currently paying attention, no, I am not having a stroke. I am just trying to pronounce Worcester. 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 Worcester sauce. Worcester. Let's be real. Worcester. Worcester. That's how we say it in Boston. I'm just going to go with worst sauce. It's the worst sauce. It's not. Worst it's not sauce. <laughs> it's not, that's not great. That is another product idea. I might, have, I might have to edit that out so we can, we can market that. Okay. Our worst or sauce. Or we could just do the, the really American version and just call it Worcester. Worst Chester sauce. 
It's just like a picture it. of a guy, and he just kind of sucks. Like, you just see his face, and you realize that he's kind of a I'm worst person. Chester. <laughs> yeah. They're like, he just says, like, hi, I'm Chester on his chest. And he just looks like someone you'd hate at work. He's that guy that, like, like he breaks the, co- the, the copier, but doesn't fix it. So then you come along, and yeah. you're, you always have to fix it, and then you become that guy. He doesn't replace the water tank when he's taking the last Yeah. Water. So then you're the, you're the new guy, and you don't know how to replace the water tank, and all of a sudden oh. there's water everywhere, and it's, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. that guy. That's Worst Chester. Worst Chester. Yeah. He's, he's the, the IT guy that eventually gets to you. Eventually. It feels like it. Yeah. And then when he comes, he's snide and sarcastic and doesn't really, he acts like you don't understand how computers work. I mean, and most of the time, people he works with don't, but you do. And so he's just like, no, uh, have you tried turning it off and on? Yes, I have. Can you give me actual help now? And then... Do you, have, do you have a lot of pain, pent-up anxiety about we IT? Had, we had a, an IT guy um, at my last job, and he worked, like, outside of the city. So we basically never saw him, and he rolled back every positive change <laughs> I would do. <laughs> So I had I had my issues with him, hmm. but yeah. Were he also late? broke my chair. How did he break your chair? He sat on it. Huh? Yeah, he 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 was not a, a slim person. How now there's anything wrong with that? But he did legitimately break my chair. That speaks more to the chair quality. <laughs> That's true. Chairs should support all sizes of human beings. You know, you're right. We should have a we should chair. have a worst Chester chair test. Can we oh. the worst Chester chair chair tester? Worst Chester chair tester. Oh my gosh. Say that ten times fast. If Nick shows up, we should have him say that ten times fast. Perfect. That's a good one. That that would be, I would would buy that product. It would be basically a worst Chester that sits on your chairs and make sure that they have the quality that you need for an office environment. I like that. Yeah. I like that. This should be the worst Chester seal quality. Would there be different Chesters? Like one for wheeled chairs, one for rocking chairs? Well, I mean, everyone has their own Chester, so you got to make sure you have, you have a... Wait, you'd have a separate Chester for every chair no, no, test? No, 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 Every there's different, qua- there's different types of tests, right? There's different types of stress tests, different oh, measures that you're, te- you're test Chestering, TM, um, that you're Chester testing. Chest testing? <laughs> Chestering? I don't know. I think I've gone up the rails. Anyways, you need different types of stress tests, so you need different types of Chester. Yeah. Maybe you'll have like a... I have no idea what we're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) So, on to another topic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I want to point out, listeners can't see this, that I have tomatoes on my leggings. Huh. Tomatoes. They look particularly ripe. I know. Yeah. Pretty cool, huh? Can can you deploy these tomatoes in case of a bad conference or bad speech or something like that? Oh, that would be smart. Like a yeah, like you'd be growing tomatoes just yeah. on your outfit. Yeah. So that when you need them for yeah. lunch or for heckling, yeah, you've got them. You know what? People always heckle with rotten tomatoes, but I I don't understand that because that requires you having rotten tomatoes on hand. And why yeah. would you keep those? I would imagine that like I mean I guess you would like, have to store them somewhere. They would have you to can't be... buy rotten tomatoes. And there would have to be a guy unless you go to the Star Market in Central Square. Yeah, well, yeah. Because <laughs> no, nothing they have is, is good. <laughs> Let's be real. This is the part of the podcast where I hold some company yeah. like, responsible for their misdeeds. <laughs> Can you use those? You know what you should do? Yeah. You should buy all of the rotten tomatoes mm-hmm. and then throw it at the, at the store. 
throw yeah. their own food at themselves. Yeah, just be like Often booing, heckle them while throwing raw tomatoes at them. This brings us to the part of the conversation where we do 10 ways to get arrested. <laughs> <laughs> Number one. We incite violence and... <laughs> throwing tomatoes. And vandalism. Yeah. We incite van- vandalism and... Look, okay, I'm going to level with you, dear listener. If you don't have your pitchforks all ready to go at all times, you're not doing your job as an American citizen. What? All people should have a pitchfork sharpened and uh, sharpened at with least what? a torch. Like knife sharpeners? Yeah, I don't know. You, you sharpen those pitchforks. You want to make sure you have a nice sharp pitchfork. Where did nice... you buy your pitchfork, Luis? Oh, uh, my, my uh, American, uh, my issued pitchfork hasn't come in the mail yet. Yeah, there's been a little bit of snafu. So Wait, I think one of the mailmen... Wait, pitchforks are issued by some governing force? Yeah. I mean, when I became an American citizen, I got my American citizen pitchfork. It had the American flag painted on it. And my on obligatory the torch. handle or the spikes? <laughs> Both. Um, so it's very of, patriotic pitchfork. A lot of stars and stripes. Yeah, a lot of very patriotic pitchfork. And then I, I had my torch that came with it um, in case I ever needed to go out uh, rioting. Well, you know, the country was founded by agriculturalists. Yeah, farmers. it's a very, very deep connection. I mean, farmers were businessmen back then. That was what business well, was. Well, you were a landowner, landowners. Landowners had really had all the power back then. Yeah. Which is why the country was not originally founded with the idea of giving non-landowning people any power. Mm. Yeah. I'm reading a book, actually, on, it's called Founding Gardeners. And it each chapter tells about one of the founding fathers and how obsessed they were about gardening. Hmm. It's like George Washington was obsessed and he would write letters from the battlefront to people who were taking care of his house and say okay make sure you transplant this tree to there and he'd give directions speaking of george washington actually (laughs) so that guy was insanely lucky i do not know how he managed to survive as long as he did because he had like three horses shot out from under him there were there are stories of him coming home with his jacket just riddled with holes and he's totally fine. Because bullets, mm-hmm. like, bullets just were afraid of him, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he would just, like, go out into battle, get his cho- horse shot down out from under him. And then he'd just get on another horse and keep riding. And it's like, how? Most other people would have died at this point. Nope, not George Washington. That guy just, that. just, like, lived on adrenaline and pure luck. I don't, I don't know. America is lucky as it's still around. Yes. But he's also obsessed with gardening. He was obsessed with gardening, apparently, yeah. You heard John him here first. Adams and Thomas Jefferson, I think? I forget who the duo was, but they, they went on a trip together to England to visit the famous gardens. Of England? What, what famous gardens in England? Like, all, all around, yeah. They just visited gardens, and they hmm. would take notes. and. Huh, interesting. Yeah. See, so I'll be honest, when you've mentioned the famous gardens, I picture they're just being like a central location in England. No, they're like... the famous gardens. <laughs> and like Vivaldi's like Four like Seasons Boston is playing. Common. Yeah, I just picture like Vivaldi's Four Seasons playing the entire time. <laughs> and just, you walk in and there's just like, oh, welcome to the, fam- to, the, to the famous gardens. And it's just a garden. It's just like a small plot of land. Back then... With like the queen on it. People had... Gardens behind their, you know, mansions or whatever, their yeah, houses. Yeah, people don't have gardens now. And people don't have <laughs> gardens now. But they did then, and that was their <clears throat> sign of wealth, and people would go visit other people's houses. This was a time before Netflix and chill. Yeah, definitely. 
this I mean, garden and chatting. Yeah, yeah. Sitting and, in the garden chatting. Yeah. And now we have board games, and we have video games, and we have television, movies, and a lot more things to keep us distracted. So maybe in another hundred years we'll be reading about the the 21st century's presidents and presidents and their their Netflix watch playlists or uh, watch history. I'd oh, actually, that would be I'd actually be very interested in reading that. Yeah. Yeah, like what are <clears throat> your Netflix watch history? So it says a lot about you. Yeah. Some horrifying things, mostly. So what's your Netflix watch history? That will go with me to my grave. <laughs> <laughs> Except for that Netflix owns all your data now. Ah! Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I can always use the excuse that like, oh, I, I shared it with my parents. <laughs> totally, that's what that's why. That's, <laughs> my little cousin was over. He watched all those cartoons. <laughs> At least they're cartoons. <laughs> I didn't know what to expect. Uh, oh. Netflix does does not I have like a Netflix. lot of very does not have a lot of very like censored uh, censored material. Yeah, yeah. Although they do have strangely softcore stuff. Hmm. I, uh, I I don't know if this is an okay topic to delve into, but I, I was <laughs> but I was uh, I was trying to get my I was trying to set to like find new things to watch. I saw one of the recommendations I got was like. Sexy Kunoichi, and it's like, it's it's just like a softcore porn of a woman of a female ninja, and I'm just like, why is this on Netflix? I don't understand. Who made that? Uh, Japan. I, I don't know. All yeah. of Japan. They banded together to make this movie and mm-hmm. just sell it to Netflix. I don't know. It's there's there's weird range of material out there. My question is, uh, I want to watch more Spanish language Netflix, and I don't know. You're how not to find missing it. much. Well, you generally go to the international section, I would assume. Yeah, but that's... <clears throat> you can also, I can give you titles, but... That's what I need. I'm going to be honest, titles. a lot of it is like... Bad? Well, depends where it's from. Like, there's some good Spanish movies from, like, Spain. And there's some good movies from South America in general, but a lot of the TV shows are kind of crummy. Yeah. And I say this because my... Uh, my father and some of our friends watch some of these TV shows, or at least TV shows like them, and I do not care for them. A lot of telenovelas. Do not care for telenovelas. Hmm. For uh, you American speakers who speak American, um, <clears throat> that means soap opera. That's a soap opera, in a Spanish soap opera. Oh, Juan. Oh, Betsy. <laughs> Betsy. There is no Betsy. <laughs> Maria, ¿por qué me has dejado? <laughs> Tengo un bebé. No sé, Juan. Es tuyo. <laughs> Porque tu hermano es barbado. We should do a podcast all in Spanish. Oh, yes. Yeah, and exactly. as a telenovela. Yeah. Can we have... Can a podcast have subtitles? Mm, that's a I guess you'd have to have a video. You could have a streaming ticker that, like, says in English what we're saying The word you see it. On whatever streaming service, we'd have to. It would just be video yeah. at that point. You could just you could just get a yeah. YouTube video, put a picture on the background, so that it's just like, yeah, not actually video. That's what it would be. And then you just have like the subtitles. We could have a YouTube channel, and that would be our inter- international presence. Is is SoundCloud uh, not international? It is. Oh, okay. Because I'm like, so we have an international. I'm just saying, like, this. you'd have subtitles. We so could that... literally have an international viewer right now. Sure. We could, yeah. I'm gonna call him Hoshi. Person. 
doing? His name's Hoshi. Hoshi. Yeah. He is, uh, he lives in Akihabara, and he heard about us from an American friend. This whole podcast is you making up people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, starting to, I'm starting to believe that you're not, not real. It's really throwing me off. What, so, how would you feel if you found out I actually wasn't real? Well, that's That would be a wiggy. conspiracy. Like, at what point would your mind have had to shatter for you to come up with things? Everyone else in you now exists. Mm-hmm. Just, I am not real. I am actually a figment of your imagination. I'm sitting am, in this room alone. You're just sitting in this room alone. Yeah, yeah. Right now, this is just silence on the other end. Ray's only going along with the podcast to, like, make you feel better. And he's not telling me that you're not real. He's yeah. just watching me be insane. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah, he's just responding to, <laughs> like, your... He's getting responding to things in context based on your responses. But if you're... If you don't exist, that means you are in my psyche. So I'm being you. I am you. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know... This is a Tyler Durden thing. This is Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. No, this is more like a Tyler Durden Fight Club kind of deal, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're the same concept. Yeah, so I'm Maybe. actually not real. I exist. When you're listening right now, dear listener, listener, I'm sorry, dear piffles, or piffolites? Piffolites. A, a puffles? Pifflinos. I hope that's not some Pifflino word. Pifflino sounds like some bitch. insult in some other language. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a pifflino. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we call people we don't like that are, pif- that are piffles. Okay. Or piffles. Piffles. P-I-F-F-L-E-S. Oh, yes, our piffles. 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 Piffles are, are, are the younger demographic. Oh, yeah, I see. Under Although 18, sounds, they're piffles. It sounds a little bit like pea fleas, oh, which sounds significantly less gross. productive. Yeah. <laughs> piffles it is! <laughs> Yay! Well, dear piffles, we're about to take a small commercial break, um, listen to the words from our wonderful sponsors, and buy their products, all of them. And I'm going to tell you right now, you won't be disappointed. That's a truth fact. Positive Feedback Loop with Luis and Stephanie. (laughs) Do you feel like you have too much in your life? I do. (laughs) There's just too much going on. I know. What are we even doing here? Your schedule is so full and you have so many things. I mean, things sitting around, you know, those tchotchkes. Yeah, the things that have matter. (laughs) Who needs that? So, we have something to sell you today that you definitely want to buy, and that is nothing, nothingness, the eternal void. This is for you. This is going to solve all of your problems. It solved all my problems lickety-split. I had everything, and then once I bought nothing, TM, everything was gone. It was perfect. It was like non-existence. I've never felt something so relaxing and relieving. Those of you who are minimalists will really love this product most of all. I used to be a person. I don't know who that was, <laughs> but what I know is they've benefited from nothingness. So believe you me, this is what you want. And if you buy now, act fast. Within the next 24 minutes, you will get non-existence with your nothingness. Not only will all of your belongings disappear, you will disappear! And we're back. Welcome back, dear listener. I'm sorry, dear Piffles. Piffles? Piffles. Let's go with Piffles. To Positive Feedback Loop. With positive Feedback Loop. Louise and Stephanie. Uh, so, as you might, might have guessed, uh, Ray is out today. He is fighting a bear. Uh, we had a wild bear attack at the university. Um, <clears throat> it took several freshmen 
and took the combined might of the entire NBA program to take down. So uh, Ray slathered himself with bacon grease and went out there. Yeah, we haven't heard from him since. He's, I'm sure he's fine. He did. I was a little, I was a little worried when he went into that vagrant colony. Um, I, I fear the worst, but yeah, I but think I'm, the, I'm sure he's not very delicious. So he'll well, be I'm fine. not so much worried. I think that the bacon grease, if anything, is making him easier. Is making it easier for him to escape. Yeah, since it's hard. Yeah, it's hard yeah. to catch him. Yeah, so yeah, he should be fine. Good point. Yeah. <clears throat> Speaking of bacon, there's been a move in the last, I don't know, ten years where bacon has become the trendy thing that everyone talks about as being, like, the best thing ever. And there's all these bacon toys and bacon-flavored coffee and bacon-flavored drinks. And there's an entire there's a oh, restaurant yeah. in New York that only has, like, you know, bacon-flavored things and bacon-flavored shots. And I don't get it. There's a shop at Harvard Square that sells bacon Band-Aids and yeah. bacon-flavored bubblegum. Bacon and... Band-Aids. Yeah. I wonder if yeah. those, those went through the FDA. <laughs> Um, I have concerns. Well, FDA or like that's the Food and Drug Administration. It would go <laughs> both ways. <laughs> uh, yes. Are you sure it didn't go through the uh, Archaeological Institute of America? I'm just making up. Yeah. No. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Actually, since it's a comeback, it's neo-baconism. Might be archaeological. Oh God. Are we in the bacon era? We're in the bacon era. <laughs> Is this what we're going to be known for? I mean, granted, uh, preferred to the uh, Romantic period. At least the Romantic period has good music, but mm. the, the literature is not my favorite. The, the, the young Werther is terrible, in my opinion. It was well, literally... we got through the Justin Bieber period pretty uh, Dude, I, I, every single time we've had a artistic revolution that is based on people complaining about things, I mm. die a little inside. Mm. Every single piece of literature or work... It's just literally someone complaining the entire time. What's your favorite piece of poetry? I don't really listen to much poetry. Although, you only there's listen actually, to it, you don't read it? <laughs> there's actually a really, uh, actually, she's now become pretty well-known poet that came out of my high school. That I actually knew her. We, we used to sing together in chorus. Um, and we, we went to Germany together when we toured. It, it was great. Um, but I wasn't super close with her. But I, I did see her later at a TED Talk. You were far with her? <laughs> Not close, just far. <laughs> yeah. It's modestly distanced. <laughs> um, but I did see her later at a TED Talk, and I was really impressed because oh, she always knew, I always knew she did pretty good work. Hers is more like a slam poetry kind of deal. But love slam poetry. Yeah. It's, uh, and her name's Sarah Kay. You should look her up. Good work. I will. Yeah, you should. It's good stuff. Slam poetry is cool. It's got a rhythm to it. I'm still, I'm still kind of a, a phobia at heart. I don't have the, the, the passion for poetry that you a lot like of people sonnets. Do. No, I I don't even when I listen to music I don't even listen to the words I listen more mostly for the the, the sound, and the words can maybe aid I should that. get you a karaoke machine for your birthday but but just so you can listen to it. Oh, I'm sorry, you have to go <laughs> into the past for that. <laughs> Although yes, I I, I, I can, can see, see you that. sitting alone in your just apartment listening to like karaoke beats. <laughs> yeah, but my favorite part about karaoke isn't the music, it's the random Korean videos that they have in the background. Have you been to a, to like a Korean karaoke place? I need to do this. They just have, they, they, so there's the music that comes up, and then there's just like a random stock footage video of like people running in the, in like either in an abandoned city or near a beach, and there's always someone sad, and it's just it's really random scenes happening in the background, and they are amazing. They are amazing. They're my favorite part once. of it. My dad got a karaoke machine that my sister would use with 
for parties. Oh yeah, my father also was pretty big into karaoke, uh, but they never went to a karaoke like yeah. Korean place. An you actual consider. place yeah, that yeah. does karaoke. Yeah. yeah, I mean, people go to karaoke bars. That's kind of awkward because it's in the middle of a bunch of people you don't know. These places offer you the comfort of being with your friends and only your friends as you sing like an idiot. I would want to be in front of people I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <clears throat> See, here's the thing: when I when I perform karaoke, I perform. I, uh, really? I'm out there. I am dancing, gyrating, spinning, clawing my way scary. up the scene. It's 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 it's. It sounds moment. kind of like Ray with the bear. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's okay. Let's take a moment to think about Ray. Okay, back to the to the show. Um, but yes, karaoke. It's a, it's a fun activity for so most people. So what part do you sing? Do you sing bass, tenor, baritone? Oh, were we talking about when I actually sang in a chorus? Because in well, karaoke, you just sing. Okay. You sing the entire, you sing Fine. all the parts. What part in a chorus do you sing? <laughs> I was a uh, bass before I became a tenor. I'm sorry, not tenor. What? Uh, yeah, tenor. You started low and you went high? Yeah. I, went, I had the opposite progression of almost anyone. I had reverse puberty, I guess. <laughs> I was I started as bass section leader, and then I went to be tenor section leader. Huh. Yeah, I think it's because they just needed more tenors. I was an alto two in choir. Ooh, alto two. I was mm-hmm. bass one to tenor one. Wow. Yeah, that was my. I was laid down the beat. Bum 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 bum. I guess we were not the too. percussion, but yeah, the, but the, yeah, yeah, we were we were. I remember the. Uh, I I could never do the very lowest parts. You know, like the. Mm-hmm. Um, the what would you do with a drunken sailor? Yeah. And they do like the in the morning. Yeah. I can't do that super low beat. I can only go about about here, and that's a, that's a stretch. <clears throat> Significantly lower. And it's you could do problem. some uh, book narration at <laughs> that place. See, I've always wanted to do like Civil War, like Ken Burns Civil War narration. Go ahead, give me a taste. Oh. Actually, you know what? So a friend <laughs> sent me. So this literally happened, and I, I have this message. And a friend sent me a, a really cordial apology message, basically apologizing for not being able to come to an event I was holding. Okay. And his message, and I won't read, read it in full because that might, that might be, uh, you know, I haven't gotten his permission to do that. But his message basically boiled down to, my, my dearest uh, Louise, <laughs> I regretfully, blah, 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 I can't come. <clears throat> so my response uh, was quippy as usual. And here's how I responded. My most beloved, insert name here, how many moons have passed since last we stared at the night sky together? The war drags on, and every day I feel myself growing ever more weary, ever more distant. I fear the day will come when we will be reunited, and you will not know who I am. I am sorry to hear about your ailment. I do hope you are on the mend soon. I only advise you to stay away from these so-called doctors they have these days. I have seen too many brothers seek their aid when beset by a minor evil, only to end up warped and forever damaged, if they even survive. And how is my dearest Annabelle? Oh, how I miss her so. Please ensure she is well cared for. I do not trust that scallywag John Jim Hoothman, who spends his days seeking her affection. I fear he is only after the wealth left to us by our late papa. I must now end this missive, for we are again on the march. The captain fears the enemy will be upon us if we tarry. I have hope we will see each other soon. Keep me in your prayers as I keep thee in mine. Sincerely, Luis. P.S. Feel better, bro. Yes, uh, little moment. That was beautiful. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I never got a response from him <laughs> to that. 
But I hope I hope the message got through and that he keeps my dear. I'm sure it was received well. Uh, my question is, when did they ever have time to write letters like that on the warfront? I know <laughs> that's the, the stuff that always confused me. And everyone always sounds so well, so like well written. In, in and I'm sure that yes, there were very few people who could write letters back then because the education was not you know. So the ones writing letters were going to be poetic because. But even so, even so, I'm sure there's a bunch of letters that are just like, "Hey, babe, how's it going? Things suck over here. Um, Mind sending me a nudie pic? P.S. Bye. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, where did all those letters go? Because I'm sure there was one. Absolutely, they were definitely smutty letters, and people would just throw it, drawing each other like penises and like sending them. I don't. I'm sure they were like. I mean. But this goes back to editing and censorship. Yeah. Which well, is like, do we set, do we edit history by only pulling out the beautiful letters? Yeah, they, and there absolutely. are those letters out there that are that just, just are you know, one-liners yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Or that just never written. made it into the history yeah. books. There, I'm sure there's like there's like uh, there's letters that are completely mis miswritten and just misspelled and full of grammatical errors, and we never see those. True. Because they don't make for good documentary material. When Ken Burns reads them out loud, it it will sound silly. But isn't it more real that way? Are we doing ourselves a disservice? I would say yes, because we present history as this, like, we present people in history a different way than what they were. We we separate them. We make them alien to us. And this is kind of the problem with reading about tragedies. Tragedies become less horrific with time. If you read about World War II, it's still pretty horrifying. Because you can still, you could still meet people who lived at that time, who were affected by these, by this war, and who... Faced horrifying tragedies. Right, <clears throat> but, but the wars that were not in your lifetime. Yeah, it's like, it, uh, watching the Netflix. further, yeah. I mean, someone could tell you about the Mongol, the Mongols taking over and destroying the Middle East, and especially Baghdad, and just raiding and destroying the most beautiful cities in, in the planet. Just and you're like, oh, cool. I mean, there's just that whole. I mean, there's like comedian. Oh, I forget his, his name escapes me right now. Who makes a whole had a whole rant about uh, rape and plunder. Like how we, we talk about, oh, you know, the, the Vikings would just rape and plunder. And it sounds quaint, like a nice jog that you took it in on a Sunday. But like in truth, this was a horrifying thing that if you were in one of the villages that got plundered and or raped, you would, this would define your life if you had a life afterwards, right? You know, your entire, you've yeah, lost all your livestock. You. Yeah, if they didn't kill you, you've lost all your livestock. Yeah. Your children were taken, your wife was taken, or you were the wife that was taken. You know, all these things that were horrifying. The local monks were massacred. You can't even go to the church anymore because everyone's dead. You know, this is bad times. So be thankful we live in the middle of the modern age where you don't have to fear of a bandit very dark raids. stuff from a very optimistic person. <laughs> that's why I'm optimistic. Because I don't have to worry about bandit raids. Yeah, that's a good point. Like if I try if I take the subway to like go to work, at no point am I worried about a like a bandit just like jumping on train and just like murdering everyone. It's not like you're worried about, you know, the tea catching on fire or anything like that. Oh, that could never happen. No, <laughs> not not with the tea. Or it running on its own. That can't possibly happen. <laughs> We haven't had any problems like that in Boston. No, none at all. No. And the T-Line expansion is going great. It's Moving really at expanding. a blister. Yeah. Actually, this goes back to uh, entropy and chaos. <laughs> <laughs> the more you expand, the more entropy. The more entropy. chaotic it becomes. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a wrap. <laughs> uh, well, it's no. time to end our beautiful podcast. Yes. So, Stephanie, would you leave us with any parting words my parting words are be grateful 
that you live not in a village that's being plundered. <laughs> and um, think more about nothingness and what that means to you. It's very deep. Yeah. It's good words. you with that, with a positive feedback loop. A nice calm ending. Nice calm ending. And from me, stay crazy, y'all. As always. As always.